Hello, welcome to another hometown daily news show. This is for December 11th, 2022, episode 345. Almost done a full year already. Let's get into the news. Hello, everybody. I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. If you are finding this via the podcast, thank you very much. If you're stumbling in via Twitch itself, thank you for coming. If you've never been here before and you're actually in my chat, I don't know if you are. And I can never really tell. There's always about 10 people in here, but don't know if they're bots like me or actually intelligent, not just artificially intelligent. I don't know. Today's episode is titled Stellar Graveyard, a Valorant Clone, a Yacht Club, a Flute Guy, and more news. What going on today? For Sunday, there's usually hundreds of extra pages beyond what I talk about in these 10 articles. I'll try to get through it really fast today. It's a Sunday. Figured people want to go and enjoy their Sunday. If they're stopping by, thanks again. But let's get into the news. The very first episode is in the Mobile Channel Web Telescope Spies. Hidden stars in Stellar Graveyard. I don't know what they mean by a Stellar Graveyard. I know what it means. I know what it is. Dying stars and whatnot. But They've been around for millions and millions of years. I just don't see it as a stellar graveyard. This article doesn't seem to have a uh, an author, but it's over at fizz.org. And let's do this. I've already loaded up hometown.showbot.tv, but I'm going to throw those into the chat as well as I go through it. Because the VOD, if I don't do the this process where I post it in there, then the VOD doesn't actually have the links because I do the loading up of uh, hometown.showbot.tv before the show actually starts. At any rate, let's get into this fizz.org article. It was one of the most, uh, the first famous images revealed by the James Webb Space Telescope earlier this year, a stunning shroud of gas and dust illuminated by a dying star at its heart. Now researchers analyzing the data from history's most powerful telescope have found evidence of at least two previously unknown stars hiding in the stellar graveyard. The Southern Ring Nebula, which is in the Milky Way around 2,000 light years from Earth, had previously been thought to contain two stars. One nestled in the nebula center is a white dwarf. Sapped of its brightness, the extremely hot dwarf is less visible of the two stars seen in the web images released in July. Really? Less seen. Okay. Anyway, however, this binary system, which is a common, it's quite actually common um, across the Milky Way, does not explain the nebula's atypical structure. Uh, Philippe Amron, an astrophysicist at France's Marseille Astrophysics Laboratory, told AFP. Let's see what else is in here. 
They're close enough to interact with each other, and their exchanges of energy create a nebula, uh, create the nebula strange shape. So it actually is consistent with um, the shape of the nebula that there's two, and they're interacting. So it's weird that it said that it wasn't, but that's okay. In the article, it actually corrects itself. Maybe I just skimmed too fast. But let's get on with the next article. This next article is over on the Daily News Show. That's this channel, but it's also in ometown.com as its own channel. So I take the news across all of Ometown. It just happens to be that there's a channel there that's also called the Daily News Show. It's where we can talk about some of the news that I talk about here, and you can make comments and all kinds of stuff, actually. Just go check it out. Become a citizen. Be sure to follow me over here on Twitch, though. Um, that's where I'm really doing all of my work. Um, Gnometown.com is just a news aggregator for me. I use it all day. Every day for the last, I don't know, decade. Uh, it's only been public for this year, 2022. It'll be, It'll stay open for everybody, though. Um, hopefully you find it a usable, valuable, and uh, effective resource for you. This next article, federal data says uh, Kansas oil spill biggest in Keystone history. There was a recent spill at uh, Keystone, and the articles over at ABC News, um, John Hanna, Ryan Foley, Heather Hollingsworth from the Associated Press wrote this article and uh, a lot of things that people don't really discuss, I suppose, maybe if you're in that sector or have an interest in the field, um, you might talk about it. But pipelines, particularly oil pipelines, gas pipelines, they need constant maintenance. The, the material that's flowing through them is destructive and eats its way through seals and and damages the inside of the pipe until it can actually leak out and it happens regularly not to mention uh, the earth moves a little bit and with the under underpinnings of the oil pipeline shifting they can sometimes break there as well natural disasters aside things happen to these pipelines well federal data shows a spill from the keystone pipeline this week dumped enough oil to fill an olympic-sized swimming pool into a northeastern kansas creek yeah that's the most disgusting part of this uh, let me do something real quick here uh, topeka kansas a ruptured pipe Dumped enough oil this week into a northeastern Kansas creek to nearly fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool, because uh, becoming the largest onshore crude pipeline spill in nine years and surpassing all previous ones on the same pipeline system combined, according to federal data. Let's see here. The operator, uh, Canada-based TC Energy, said the pipeline that runs from Canada to Oklahoma lost about 100, uh, sorry, 14,000 barrels or 588,000 gallons. Is that all? So a U.S. Government Accountability Office report last year said there had been 22 previous spills along the Keystone system uh, since it had begun operating in 2010, most of them on TC Energy property and fewer than 20 barrels. Um... 
the total from those 22 events was a little less than 12,000 barrels, but this one apparently blew them all away, right? How much? A little bit less than 12,000 barrels, and this one is 14,000 all by itself. So, um, Democratic Rep Donald Payne Jr. of New Jersey said in a tweet, I'm watching this closely, or the situation closely, to learn more about this latest uh, oil leak and inform ways to prevent future releases and protect public safety and the environment. And frankly, I could care less that it's on somebody's property. How it gets cleaned up and if it seeps its way into the water supply or contaminates a creek, which has an impact down the creek. Not to mention all of the life around that spill. That's what I'm worried about. You know, I, saying it's on somebody's property doesn't mean much to me. You don't own the planet. You might own the, the, the surface and have rights to dig it up and all of that kind of stuff. But it has knock-on effects of impacting the rest of society and the environment. So it's sociopathic to think like that. Oh, I can do whatever I want with my property. No. Take it from me. I, there are people out there that when the parent dies or whatever, they sell the land. So what's going to happen? That's basically how property transfers. Somebody passes away and it gets sold. Or somebody is alive and gets tired of it and sells it. Just because you own the land doesn't mean it's going to be yours forever. It's going to be a nightmare for somebody else and society to clean up. The nearly 2,700-mile Keystone Pipeline carries the Canadian tar sands oil to refineries in Illinois, Texas, Oklahoma, with about 600,000 barrels moving per day from Canada to Cushing, Oklahoma. Concerns about spills fouling water helped spur opposition to a new 1,200-mile Keystone XL Pipeline. And the company pulled the plug last year after President Joe Biden canceled the permit for it. Yeah. I know, I know. All those high prices. Oh, you mean the high prices that aren't there anymore? Oh, oh. I guess the currently manageable low prices. Except for diesel. Diesel's still wildly expensive. That used to be like a buck twenty when I was younger, and then it inverted at some point. Wow, hey, we can really exploit making profits off of diesel. Let's raise the rates. Keystone's pipeline's a previous spill came in 2017 when more than 6,500 barrels spilled near Amherst, South Dakota, according to a U.S. Government Accountability Office report last year. The second largest. 4,515 barrels was in 2019 near Edinburgh, North Dakota. So this thing springs leaks like a sieve with the frequency of a cheap ham radio. You just don't know when it's going to pop. This one's just the latest. Let's move on to the next article. This next article is over in the Warcrafters channel and it's Riot is suing Netties over an alleged Valorant clone. Oh, I don't need to do that part there. Okay, there we go. Riot Games is filing lawsuits against publisher Netties over a 5v5 mobile shooter Hyperfront, which Riot's lawyers allege is a clone of their shooter Valorant. 
riots, uh, filed suits in several countries' legal systems, including the UK, Germany, Brazil, Singapore, seeking to stop NetEase from distributing Hyperfront and making or asking for monetary damages. And you can't protect an idea. Speaking with Polygon, a, a lawyer for Riot Games said that all of our creative choices are mirrored in NetEase's game and that, quote, we don't think that changing the color of a character uh, ability or slightly modifying the visual appearance changes the fact that it's copyright infringement. No, it's not copyright infringement. Uh, Riot's no stranger to copyright lawsuits. It had previously sued over alleged clones, ripoffs, and knockoffs of both League of Legends and spin-off team uh, teamfight tactics. Its parent company, Tencent, has also won lawsuits in China around League of Legends copies. Of course it has. Um, it's embroiled in one right now. In fact, a U.S. judge has told them to take it to the Chinese court system. Yeah, because you can't in the United States protect an idea, and that's all it is. If it's a clone, it's a clone. Do better. Right? Nearly. If it is so unique that it is, you know, uh, inseparable from what the what Valorant is, right? It looks exactly like it. It functions exactly like it. The names are close. The powers are the same. The the uh, battle, the arena is the same. All of it is so close that you it, it is a clone. Then yeah, but you can call something something different, and it can do something similar. You know, everything does healing. Everything acts like a tank. We even have so much of a standard designation to it that we have healers and tanks and art and uh, uh, DMG damage. Right, so we have those that triad, and there might be tweaks, but where you can do copyright is in the writing and the artwork and the blah blah blah. But if it's different, then it's different. Countless card games exist. <laughs> this is so like in winning it in China is protectionist. Of course, they're going to win in China. Comparison. The comparisons Riot makes in the UK lawsuit documents uh, documents are extensive, including screenshots of maps, characters, weapon skins, and other trinkets. There are even comparisons of in-game weapon statistics and performance. Riot says that an initial complaint prompted some changes by NetEase, but did not go far enough. So maybe it's really close. The article, though, is over at PC Gamer. Jonathan Bolding is the author of it. And then, and yeah, so this 5v5, if it's a, a truly a clone, then sure, go for it. Um, but I don't know. I, I haven't played it, so I'd, I'd have to, to see. Obviously, the court documents are going to say um, just how close it is. But I don't know. I grew up with the idea that no, you cannot protect an idea. So if it is same, if it is the same, then fine. Now, Riot Games is owned by Tencent, a somewhat larger and uh, more, and it says and more, far more, and far more well-known Chinese media company. 
and uh, users on social media were quick to accuse Tencent of hypocrisy. Tencent's own Ace Force, for example, was accused of copying Overwatch's aesthetics and gameplay when it launched in 2019, while Tencent's geolocation-based mobile game Let's Hunt Mo Monsters was accused of being a clone of Pokemon Go. The legal outcome here is very much unclear. Don't count NetEase out, though. It's a big tech company and includes lots of divisions, not just in East Asian countries, but recently expanded into Europe and America with the acquisition of Detroit become human developer, Quantic Dream. I don't know. I think that in a world where um, you can make something close but different and there is enough people that are interested in it, then so be it. But a direct clone, I think, is an, is an issue. So this is um, uh, Omen versus... Uh, Nemesis, so Valorant versus Hyperfront in the uh, screenshot here on PC Gamer. And um, you decide. Is a person with uh, a cowl suddenly a direct clone? I don't know. Gonna have to dig deeper, I suppose. This will be interesting to take a look at. I'd like to take a better look at the comparison and see. This next article, though, is over in the Hatch Ideas channel, and it's involving Elon Musk. So if you aren't interested in this kind of thing, uh, walk away for about five minutes or so, maybe five minutes. Uh, this next article is titled Elon Musk, Musk says his politics are in the center, but an extreme extremism expert says he's using Twitter to increasingly empower right wing viewpoints. I agree. I've seen some of the stuff that he's saying calling for prosecution of Fauci and making, um, you know, uh, uh, basically uh, mocking uh, gender identity and pronoun assignment. And I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm shocked by anybody that would say, oh no, he's not anything close to being an extremist. But I, I truly believe that as you become wildly rich and untouchable from the rest of society, you become sociopathic. And it, it really just looks to me like he's leaning really into it now by um, the, the, the QAnon type of mentality of accusing Fauci of doing anything uh, beyond you know, supporting taking vaccinations so that you can stop a pandemic from wiping out uh, a, a large portion of society. Um, more people died in the United States than the entire population of Wyoming. And that was a year ago. <laughs> now we're over a million, I think it is. Um, yeah, it's it's insane to sit there and and well, here, I'll just put it to you this way. I think that there is more to Musk. Um, he has, in the last 20 years, been given carte blanche to spin up any business, and he seems really well-connected, extremely well-connected um, to many organizations. I just have to leave it like that. I mean, you'll have to do some of your own due diligence. Um, but 
Musk doesn't do this stuff alone. Everything that he has done, he didn't do just on his own. Hey, let me do this. There are subject matter experts and and there's somebody in his cohort that's really good at acquiring grants. Um, and this Twitter acquisition basically removed all oversight, gave him massive ability to surveil communication that normally would have been private within a company doing nothing. The company's intent was at the time, as far as I know, nothing more than generate revenue. Um, but must connections um, in various places uh, make me much, much more suspect of Twitter than anything that I have ever seen. Um, and um, I, I don't, I no longer really trust Twitter. Um, that said, <laughs> um, it's always the people that are around Musk that make things possible. And I think that he's going to uh, utilize the acquisition of Twitter to spin up what his prized possession has always wanted to be, which is a, a Chinese style um, kind of communication surveillance program that he refers to as X. Um, that's what he started with X.com way, way, way back before um, he hooked up with um, PayPal, the, the, what turned into the PayPal startup, because uh, there was other companies that X became a member of. And so I think that he's going to try and spin up removing anonymity from Twitter by requiring people, and it's going to be by proxy, right? We already know that there is a telecom surveillance state in place in the United States requiring people to pin their phone number to what was a formerly private communication, anonymous communication channel, short of an IP address, basically means that everybody who formerly thought that their communication was somewhat anonymous will now have to confirm their, their phone number, which is directly tied to them. And you can try and have some type of a burner phone or whatever, a Google uh, phone number or whatever. Um, there's going to be a forensic trail that leads to an actual human being, um, which in most cases, I could care less about some company asking me to verify my phone number. But under Elon Musk's reign, I trust that about as far as I can throw Musk. Um, and nowadays I couldn't throw him very far. Anyway, it says here that his politics are somewhere in the middle, but not when you read his tweets, not when you read what his objective is, not when the other, when people are sitting there saying that what they are reading and oddly enough, one side is sitting there going, well, this is really nothing. It doesn't look like anything. I've read some of the things and it doesn't look like anything, but the, the side that has a vested interest in it being something is calling it a coup or calling it something else. I mean, I, I don't know how to describe it other than it being a, a serious issue of uh, the Democrats trying to take over 
well, there weren't any Democrats invading the Capitol on January 6th. So you tell me which one is a coup and which one is somebody asking for information that's harmful to be monitored by the business. If the business didn't want to do this, the business wouldn't do this. Now we've got a wingnut in charge of what was formerly somewhat anonymous communication, uh, a safe place for whistleblowers. Well, now whistleblowers are going to be sued because the very person that, or I should say the, the website that gave somebody a voice is now powered by a person who wants to charge people for exposing what could be abuse. Catherine, I, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to try and say this last name, but uh, Tangalakis Lippert and Hannah Gedahun, um, or Gedahun is um, they're the authors of this over at businessinsider.com. And I'm really sorry if I beat that name all up, but um, I try. I'd rather try and fail than not try at all. And Z, I have seen you in here, but I was on a soapbox and I didn't want to step off. Um, but thank you for coming, Z. Good to see you. Um, about four articles in. And uh, we'll get through this real quick. And if you want to say anything, go for it. I am here to talk about this stuff. So any argument that he's trying to empower the center is patently BS. A researcher on extremism told Insider, once positioning himself as a neutral, he's now sharing anti-democratic conspiracy and endorses the GOP. Yeah, he's become a, he's overtly now a wingnut because he controls a huge channel of communication. <laughs> so as he said, we gave, uh, the crazy, a microphone again. Yep. Really should go back under a rock, but didn't quite happen. And then Z followed up with, on that note, my microphone comment was not about you. Well, I hope not. <laughs> I pride myself in not being the crazy on a microphone. A little bit more measured, but when I see it, you know, if it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. So ZS, if um, I think that Musk is going to run for president in 2028, I hope not. Um, in fact, he's from South Africa, so he can't be president. As far as I know, he's from South Africa. He was born in South Africa. He's... Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. Sure feels like a Trump-style setup. Uh, I think he's going to give a voice to the wingnut side of things by unlocking the, the people that were uh, pushed under a rock for their uh, particularly loud level of um, overt crazy lies, uh, frauds, just complete BS. Um, and in an effort to protect their own platform, the platform is what silenced the I was going to say bullshit, but okay, bullshit. They were going to suppress the bullshit. They didn't want that. Why? Because advertisers, and look, when the crazy comes out, advertisers run. You're only going to get the MyPillow wackadoo guy. 
out there. Well, good luck paying the bills. Here comes Parlor. Anyway, uh, on November, he called an independent-minded voters to vote Republican to curb a Democratic majority. While such an endorsement may seem commonplace in today's political landscape, critics warn Musk's widespread influence and increasingly conspiratorial posts appear to be favoring far-right extremism. Yeah, pretty soon at some point, you know, you're only going to be able to be a Republican to get on SpaceX flights off the planet. Um, so, um, the, um, the author of this, or I should say the, uh, the author of the article, um, Catherine and Hannah, um, they are talking about someone who specializes in, um, basically in extremism. And, uh, the person's name is J.M. Berger, a researcher on extremism on social media like Twitter. And um, that person says that they think that Musk is intentionally empowering right-wing extremists. Why? Why? Because they've got theirs and they, everybody else has to keep fighting on the ground for scraps while the billionaire class is making money with their money. Um, and I think that, that that's really it. Follow the money. Follow the money. And public money is what made SpaceX possible. You know, was it the only way to get into space? No, we've had landers go to the moon and come back. This is just a different design and it wasn't Musk's design. It was rocket engineers that were seeking to make money and fame, professional fame and, and fortune and create a legacy. And uh, they followed the money and we get this wingnut at the helm of SpaceX and others. I mean, open AI and all of these other things that he has spun up. It's the researchers behind it that need money. That's all it was. That's all it is. And like I said, his level of connections, if you read about Musk, his level of connections that is what is fueling taking public money and giving it to private people who are doing fundamental research, both in academia and in private um, commercial endeavors and, and capitalizing on it and then reselling it back, um, licensing it back to the government. That's how it works now, you know? If you look up how Facebook got founded, the, the, the people involved with keeping Facebook afloat and under the control of one person, turning that person into a billionaire and the sphere of people around it, it's creepy. Same thing with uh, Google. Google. Google was a DARPA project um, and uh, SpaceX is hooked up the same way that Facebook was. Um, and <laughs> it's just creepy when you start looking at it, when you peel back the layer of the onion and I start sounding conspiratorial, but when you start looking behind, you know, the door where I say, you got to shine a light on all of this stuff because transparency is what provokes a trusting response by the public. When you start doing shady shit, like 
I don't know, privatizing Twitter and then going full wingnut, that makes people want to head for any other direction, you know? You, you don't have to go home, but you, you can't stay here because if you pay attention to what's going on on Twitter, you're going to start crying like that onion after the first layer is opened up. Well, this person is saying burger, by the way, B-E-R-G-E-R. -E that person is an, a, an extremism researcher and says Twitter is going is opening up more to the wingnuts. It's demonstrably false what people are saying. You know, Kanye West, for instance, MTG, the Marjorie Taylor Green. I hate the idea of giving that person a three-letter name. They deserve a four-letter name, but Andrew Tate, another wingnut, Babylon B. Satire in the form of wingnut, wingnut, um, or I should say wingnut in the form of satire, each of which banned for posting anti-Semitic, misogynistic, transphobic content on, in violation of Twitter's policies. Free speech is not something that is bound within a, a, a private business. It's, uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. People need to learn this. Your First Amendment, free speech, is not bound as a control from a business. It's uh, pressed upon the government. It can't do X, Y, and Z. Whereas a business, if it doesn't want you sitting in there with no shirt, no shoes, no service, there's the rule. If it doesn't want anti-Semitic, if it doesn't want misogynistic, if it doesn't want transphobic, if it doesn't want hate speech of any kind, then it can kick you the hell out just as fast as I can do it in my house. If you visit my house and you are a wingnut, I will punt you out of there. Well, anyway, Burger, who's begun... Uh, Tracking some of the English-speaking reinstated accounts that appeared on the site said that the bulk of the accounts are abusers and harassers and trolls, empowered by the lack of robust content moderation to immobilize harassment against users. In some cases, he said this could escalate towards violence. Yes, because it tra transitions uh, from the virtual world into the real world. And anybody who's ever been bullied... Uh, online by people who figure out where you are in the real world and it appears in the real world, you know? Yeah, that's, I guess, <laughs> surveillance cameras and other security devices are going to be selling like hotcakes, you know, for anybody that wants to speak out against this type of wingnut fanaticism, fundamentalist crap. Um, we are going in the wrong direction by allowing this to take place. You know, you can have a conversation, but when it is like this, demonstrably wrong, demonstrably lies, demonstrably fraud. Yeah, it's because uh, a lot of things in science also has a history where um, people have been paid uh good money to basically endorse something, right? So cigarettes, 
for instance, used to be, hey, yeah, this is really great. Um, and it was complete lie marketing. It's all that's it does nothing good for humanity. Cigarettes does nothing good for humanity. Um, you know, milk makes a body good. That is actually marketing. That's not actually the facts. It doesn't necessarily do anything bad, but humans are lactose intolerant. Milk does not necessarily do all that great for humans. We can drink it. It gives us some stuff, but humans are lactose intolerant after, you know, maybe a year. And so much more. So, so much more. It's all marketing. And that's basically what Twitter is ending up being marketing, but it's for the wingnut side of things. Anyway, let's pull it back. The next article is over in the Hatch Ideas channel, and that is forget the F-150 Lightning and the Hummer EV Ford and GM's real battle is for electric delivery vans. There's a vehicle that I want and I'm hoping to get sometime probably in, I don't know, 2045 or something like that. Long, long after I'm dead, I'll get the announcement that I can get this vehicle, but I want a canoe, C-A-N-O-O, and not the rum. There's a rum called canoe, but anyway. Ford and GM are heading, going head-to-head -head with electric vehicles uh, for mainstream buyers, but perhaps the real battle will be the electric delivery vans the two made this week and are racing to snatch up more market share. Um, yeah, so everybody is trying to get into this more industrial side. If there is a canoe factory a couple of towns over from you, Z, please knock on their door and let them know that Marwat wants one. Um, Alexa St. John, which is a hell of a name. That just seems like they should be... Uh, in the billionaire class and maybe they are and they're writing for businessinsider.com just head over there uh, that would be great that would i will uh, buy you a gift card um for well i don't know i don't know what you're into z you'll have to let me know um, if you're a vegetarian and i buy you a steak dinner it's probably not going to go over too well um so yeah, Ford and GM are going head-to-head -head with electric vehicles for mainstream buyers. And um, there are so many others that are out there. But Ford and GM are really juggernauts out there. Um, they are worth more than... I, let me just say that they're bigger in terms of total ecosystem than Tesla. But Tesla is valued at the entire <laughs> um, vehicle market. So you take Ford and GM and many others. I think there's like 18 others that were calculated in this graph. And they are, they are, they are all 18 together. Combined value are the same as Tesla all by itself. And that's because of all the marketing. Um, and what they have done, they, they made it approachable. Um, and now all of these other, uh, 
internal combustion engine companies are going, oh snap, maybe we should get away from oil. And you know, 30 years ago, I had people in my sphere of influence tell me that we were at peak oil and that the end of the world was coming and it never came and it still hasn't come and it's still not going to come for probably another 30 years, which is fine, you know, that it's coming, not the end of the world, but peak oil will arrive and at some point we will have to shift away from it. I don't think EVs necessarily are it because we don't have any protected resources here in the States. So we have to lean on all these other countries to provide us with things like lithium. And it comes from hostile regions of the planet. And by hostile, I mean conflict zones. So why do we have a big military? So that we can protect our interests wherever we need a resource and wherever we find um, someone with, or I should say a, a country with uh, like-minded outcomes. Well, we'll see. Um, again, I say electric vehicles might be the solution. I think that we've got better solutions to slow the consumption, like hybrid vehicles, slow the consumption, not just switch straight over to electric. Um, because nobody really is talking about the fact that batteries are consumables. Um, I always talk about the flashlight. You keep on using a flashlight battery and eventually it will die. You can't recharge it. Even if it's a rechargeable, you know, I've got a bunch of rechargers sitting right here. It only can handle a certain amount. And when it's a higher tech thing, it can only handle, handle a certain amount of charges. In 10 years, that battery is going to have to be replaced. Within 10 years, depending on where you live and how you abuse it, it will have to be replaced. Nobody talks about that in the accounting of these 150, 180,000. But I guess if you are paying $180,000 for an F-150 Lightning that's been, um, you know, completely flushed out, you don't care about a $25,000 battery that's going to have to be replaced within 10 years because you're just, you don't care. You don't care. Oh, you care about the environment, but you're willing to eat a $25,000 battery in 10 years instead of some other solution. Oh, it's better than oil, right? Right. But then it's in a landfill or somebody has to do some type of reconditioning that's bad for the environment. There will be a reckoning for these big-ass batteries that are going to get dropped out of all of these cars. It will happen. Let's see. Let's see what it's like in 10 years. Maybe I'll still be streaming. I'm hoping this will be my thing. I hope to start streaming more and more, but I just don't know. Um, I'd really like to. It says Bright Drop has already snagged some of the biggest customers in the space with 25,000 collective orders from FedEx, Walmart, Merchants Fleet. It's bolstering its business with software and predicting $5 billion in revenue by 2025. That's amazing. Um, EVs definitely have momentum. Um, and... Uh, they're not talking about canoe in this, but I'm canoe is is um, getting getting some attention itself. It's a very utilitarian minivan kind of thing. It's hard to explain it because it's not really a minivan. It's more like um, like the old school VW bus, except 
not the VW bus. It's just, it's kind of like a pill. Um, I don't know. You'll have to take a look at it if you're hearing about this and don't already know. Um, I really dig it. So that's why I put a reserve in for it. But it says, um, We've seen over the decades how strong brand loyalty is in the commercial vehicle assignment. Operators with fleets of older Ford E-Series vans have in recent years upgraded to the Transit and are more likely to further upgrade to the electric E-Transit. Yeah, I had somebody that I was a consultant for that um, made custom grills for um, 18-wheelers because there's so much... The, the, the owners of these type of trucks were so passionate about their vehicles that they wanted to customize them and very expensive grills replacing them because the other grills were kind of cheap junk and uh, people become very um, dedicated to their vehicles I can see that I really love my bicycle I haven't ridden a bicycle in 20 years, 25 years, maybe longer than that. Wow. I'm getting old. Anyway, let's keep moving through the news. We're going to have another hour and a half show if I don't hurry up. Right, Z? The next article is uh, Louisiana to decide on an amendment allowing only U.S. citizens to vote in the state's elections. thought this one was interesting because as far as I knew, you had to be a U.S. citizen. Um, but it doesn't explicitly require that voters be U.S. citizens. Kind of interesting. Although, everywhere I read, the assumption is it would be uh, a U.S. citizen that is voting. Well, Louisiana-based CBS affiliate KNOE reported that the current state constitution permits all Louisiana citizens to vote, but does not explicitly require the voters be a U.S. citizen. Federal law requires voters to be American citizens to vote in federal elections for offices like president and senate, but states and municipalities can allow non-citizens to vote in their own local elections. I have no problem with um, an entire country saying, yes, let's be unified that only U.S. citizens can vote. <laughs> um, mainly because if there is some external influencer somehow getting into the U.S. and voting for their particular interest, it can be a polar opposite. It could be, um, what do they call it? Agent provocateurs uh, going into Louisiana and disrupting things um, somewhat in mass. Although it would become pretty obvious if there's something hinky going on. Um, so I don't know if this is really an issue of an issue or just a problem seeking attention that it doesn't really deserve. Um, they must have detected something, but Jared Gans over at the Hill is the author for this. And it says here that um, no part of Louisiana currently allows non-citizens to vote, but the amendment would prevent any municipality or the state from doing so. So, like I said, it was a non-issue. <laughs> uh, let me just say that again, right? I, this isn't this isn't an article about something that I'm not getting, is it? It says right here, no part of Louisiana currently allows non-citizens to vote. 
but the amendment would prevent any municipality or the state from doing so. So it is saying in this article that Louisiana doesn't have a problem, but just in case some area in Louisiana says, hey, you know what we should do? Let's open it up completely to non-citizens so anybody can come into the country and just start voting away. All right. It says here down at the bottom though that several towns in Maryland and Vermont allow non-citizens to vote in local elections. New York City passed a law to allow non-citizens to vote last year, but the state Supreme Court struck that down, uh, ruling that it violated the state constitution. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to... Um, allow just anybody to vote. Scoot something over a little bit. Yeah, it went the wrong way. Sorry, there you go. At any rate, let's keep on hustling through the news. That's kind of you to say, Z. Let's keep going, though. What do you think of these articles so far, huh? The company behind Board Ape Yacht Club, NFTs, is being sued for using celebrities to promote their products. I'm not sure why this would actually matter. The firm behind Board Ape Yacht Club is being sued for not disclosing celebrities' involvement. The lawsuit alleged that Yuga Labs manufactured celebrity endorsements and misleading promotions. Celebrities that have been named are Justin Bieber, Serena Williams, Madonna, and Gwyneth Paltrow. There have been others, though. Um, you know... It's, maybe it's in the article and they just put this in the snippet. Um, a class action lawsuit has been filed against Yugo Labs, the company behind Board Ape Yacht Club, Board Ape Yacht Club on uh, behalf of investors who claim it failed to disclose the alleged involvement of celebrities in promoting and selling NFTs, according to court papers. I don't know just how much that's going to matter. Sam Tabaridi is the author of this uh, article over at businessinsider.com. There were other celebrities that were named in this. And let me see. I'm going to scan real quick to see if it actually goes into greater detail. Uh, plaintiffs uh, Adonis Real and Adam Titcher have been investing in Yugo Labs NFT since April 2021 per the court papers. That is such a long-term investment, my God. And um, the complaint alleged that billions of dollars were generated in sales and resales through manufactured celebrity endorsements and misleading promotions. And at no point did any of the defendants register these securities with the SEC. I didn't think that they were considered anything that could be monitored by the SEC, but okay. Dozens of other celebrities are named as... Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's the list. Dozens of other celebrities are named as defendants in the suit for their involvement in promoting and selling a suite of digital assets. The court papers stated, including Gwyneth Paltrow, Paris Hilton, Jimmy Fallon, Kevin Hart, DJ Khaled, right? It is Khaled, not Khalid. And... Um, Steve Curry. The unique selling point of Yuga uh, Labs NFT uh, collection called the Board Ape Yacht Club is the NFT's owner uh, becomes members of an exclusive quote unquote club that included these celebrities. Sure. 
I know that I can hang out with these people. Yeah, I gain provenance because they too own digital BS. Yes, that's right. I called NFTs BS. Attach them to a physical product or good and not some digital element. And maybe, maybe they actually become something more. But when I can do a screenshot of something and put it as my wallpaper and be able to enjoy it, then the NFT is just junk. I don't know. I opened up an account once to look at stuff to see it like costs money to put up an NFT. Maybe somebody will find it interesting. Um, I'm waiting for a lawsuit about AI generated art not actually being able to be uh, copyrighted. You can't copyright uh, machine generated artwork because only there's no human involved. So only a human can own a copyright. That's a copyright gets assigned to a human. If I have a copyright on something, I can actually assign it to another human being, but AI generated artwork is not generated by a human. So I'm waiting for that lawsuit to actually spring up. It hasn't happened yet. Um, I think there's a couple that are heading towards the Supreme Court, but we'll see. It says the exclusivity, according to the lawsuit, was entirely manufactured. No shit. Uh, by Guy Osiri, a Hollywood talent agent. Uh, Yugo, isn't it Yuga? Yeah, I thought it's Yuga Labs. Anyway, executives and a front operation, MoonPay, to promote and sell digital assets. MoonPay is a platform that facilitates the purchase and sale of cryptocurrencies. There's so much crap. So much money around cryptocurrencies, it's going to be a shocking implosion when regulation actually comes crushing down on it. But when it does, when regulation does come, you're gonna find out that only the ultra rich already have a buy-in. Um, just like with um, e-cigarettes, you know, big money was involved in capturing and regulating it so that not just any old Joe could sit there and sell e-cigarettes because there were health issues related to it. A whole lot healthier than <laughs> cigarettes, that's for damn sure. If there was an option, and there really isn't, you know, you don't have to smoke. You can be addicted to it, but you can work your way over it. And it's a hump that you can climb over. Don't worry, you can do it. I believe in you. Um, but if there was a choice between e-cigarettes and cigarettes, I would rather have e-cigarettes. Um, at least they drop out of the air faster than cigarette smoke. Anyway, soapbox, two hours worth of ranting. I'm sure people are going to get. Yeah, exactly. Z, I'm glad that you said something. E-cigarettes helped you quit. Yep. And that's what I've done by talking to people about e-cigarettes. But I stopped even talking about that close to, what, six years ago now? Um, been a long time. Actually, eight years. I think it's eight years since I stopped, stopped talking about it. Um, but if somebody were to smoke cigarettes and talk to me about e-cigarettes, I would say go the e-cigarettes route and find the level of uh, nicotine that you are comfortable with. But do yourself a favor and try zero nick. And if it doesn't impact you to have zero nick, 
um, e-cigarettes, then you have fundamentally walked your way away from cigarettes entirely because you can stop anytime and you're not impacted by the lack of nicotine. You're there for the social aspects of it. If you're not being your, your physiology isn't modified by the nicotine, you're not twitching. You're not sitting there jonesing for a, a hit from a cigarette, lower the dose from whatever it is that actually gave you that buzz and just step it down. As soon as you step it down to zero, hell, even, you know, a lower dose of nicotine, just get to as little as possible and then stop and you'll be free and clear of it. I think you'll always want to, you know, every once in a while you'll get a craving for a regular cigarette or e-cigarette, but you, that becomes a willpower thing, not a physiological response to nicotine. So I'm, I'm a supporter, I guess you could say, of switching to e-cigarettes, but I don't run around and tell people you gotta switch. Um, just not my nature, but it's better for you. That's my opinion, at least. Um, let's move on to the next article. Let's do this real quick. Um, I really am going to turn this into nothing more than me soapboxing. Huh? This is really cool. This is kind of going viral. This is in the Warcrafters channel. After the Game Awards, the birth of the flute guy. Um, and so I've seen this in a couple of places, but this year's Game Awards had a few surprises that could only come from a live event. Chris Judge did absolutely nothing wrong and gave it from the gut, and a teenager snuck on stage and took the mic at the end of the night to say something inscrutable from Discord. Um, a third figure has emerged from the Crucible of December 8th, 2022, Pedro Estu, uh, Estosh, or Eustish, sorry, Eustish. Um, a world-class flautist uh, who left it all on the court during the Game Awards musical medley celebrating the Game of the Year nominees. As the Game of uh, the Game Awards Orchestra did their thing, the camera people taking a live feed of the event couldn't help but linger on Eustish. Um, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, who was extremely lively and animated as he played, used to also demonstrated notably virtuosity in his performance, switching instruments multiple times during the medley. At the 44 second mark, IGN's video of the sequence, Eustish is tooting on a smaller uh, black woodwind. Ten seconds later, in a wider crowd, uh, you could observe him swapping to a large curved flute, and by 111, playing a different instrument and yes i've watched this and here's a little picture of him um he has hair that i am jealous of and uh playing multiple instruments that too makes me jealous because i know how to play nothing i am a talentless hack and um this guy is just or this person i should say um this person is just blowing out all the stops har har and um, just crushing it and very animated. I would play the video, but it's IGN's video. And uh, I always seem to get in trouble. At any rate, um, very animated, very personable, uh, high energy, just really in the moment. And I think that it's awesome. I always appreciate a good musician, I'm really passionate about their art. Um, it's kind of like the guy from, um, 
Back in the day, yo, there was a drummer that was just all over the place, right? And, and people just ate it up. So in this one sequence, if this person didn't see themselves as being successful in their career, it's coming for you. Um, people are going to be getting in touch with you like nobody's business. So because people really enjoy it when you have a big personality and, and you embrace what you're doing and I think it's just great. So definitely go over, follow the link, um, go over to PC Gamer where I got it from. Ted Litchfield is the author of this and says, um, Pedro Eustish uh, has been performing for decades. You've probably heard his work before without even realizing it. So obviously successful. Uh, I don't know people usually by their name anyway, um, but by their work, I think that I would recognize something. And uh, I think that this is just amazing. So go and check it out for sure. I'll just tease you into going over there. Um, it says, hi, this is, a, this is Pedro Eustish. You guys know me as Flute Guy, he begins. So he did a short video responding to the attention already over on YouTube, apparently. So go check it out. I'll just leave it all alone and move on to the next article. This next article is in the Smack Talk channel. Two mystery Macs appear in Steam's hardware survey. This is always interesting to find when somebody's telemetry is providing a sneak peek at what might be out there. A pair of unreleased Macs have seemingly appeared in game uh, storefront Steam hardware survey, listing that could be new inbound Mac M2 models, an M2 chip and a MacBook um, model. So Valve's Steam often compiles a hardware survey where its users allow the hardware configurations to be sent in anonymously to see what kind of computers its customers use. Well, apparently somebody's been exposing themselves. Malcolm Owen, not the exposer, over at appleinsider.com wrote this article about the November 22 survey OS X hardware model summary includes a list of identifiers for typical models across the range, but with the inclusion of two outliers with a percentage of users too low for Valve to report. There are listings for a Mac 14,6 and 15,4 and listings were spotted by Mac rumors. Uh, could potentially be new Mac models on the horizon, and for one of them, not the first time it's surfaced. A reference to the 14.6 was spotted in Apple's code in July, along with the 14.5 and 14.8. So do we know what they are? No. In November, a Geekbench result for a device uh, identified as 14.6 surfaced, with the configuration apparently featuring 96 gigs of RAM. So we're talking, we're heading towards server size. Um, like you can get personal computers with 128 gigs, um, but it's kind of prosumer. So you can count on this thing being another $10,000 device. It was also running Apple M2 Max, which has a 12 core CPU running at 3.54 gigahertz. It is entirely possible that the Steam survey listings are genuine. It's plausible for Apple engineers to be using the storefront for testing purposes. However, there's also a chance that the listing is fabricated, curated by someone wanting to put the rumored hardware on the list. So 
obviously more most servers have much much more the servers that i work with are in the terabyte range so um it's it's something that is titillating you know so uh, there are people out there that are just mining for this gold and sometimes they find it and they post it somewhere and it gets some attention and then there's no way to know what that really is until it actually shows up somewhere in a retail channel so one long-awaited model is the new mac pro the last in the catalog that does not have an apple, apple silicon val, uh, variant available uh, but it's more likely that the steam listings are for one of the more mainstream models so i guess we'll see this like all things uh, just takes time for it to be fully disclosed and now i'm gonna end with one that i'm gonna preface with <coughs> be careful reading this title i'm just gonna leave it there for a second for everybody who might be watching this as a vod before i say it might get me kicked from a channel when i show it an 11,000 year old carving of a man holding his junk while uh, surrounded by leopards is the earliest known depiction of a narrative scene. That's right. It says penis, but I'm going to say junk because I'm a child with a YouTube channel. Apparently I got, I can't even say that that's going to get me in trouble. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway, I am an adult, but I'm being a goofball. Ugh, God, I can't walk this back, huh? I'm just screwed. Okay, anyway, the carving is the oldest known depiction of a narrative scene. It dates back 11,000 years to the Neolithic era known as the Stone Age, which is kind of ironic considering what he's holding. Anyway, this is a picture of the stories that formed the ideology of the people of that period said an archaeologist who is much more professional than I'm being right now. Okay, let's go over to the article. It's over at Business Insider. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I am not to be taken seriously. Uh, Aliyah Shobe, I think is their last name. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a carving of a... I don't know. It, it's not like a... It's not a figurine. It's uh, like a freeze. And on either side of a uh, humanoid um, is leopards. And that humanoid is totally holding his penis. Uh, no, I'm not making this up. If you're watching the VOD, you see exactly it. Somebody took care to do this. So this is intentional. And just so you know, for full disclosure, if I am surrounded by leopards, I'm doing that exact same thing. And no, I'm not going to end there. I'm going to talk about this a little bit. The carving called the Saburk, I think, Reliefs, was discovered in Turkey in 2021, and the research was published in the peer-reviewed journal Antiquity and OnlyFans. Uh, you know, I saw this when you posted it. You said, oh, Mare. Does it have that little sidelong look at me, too? Oh, Mare. The scene consists of a man standing between two leopards, and the man holding his penis is depicted with a round face, prominent ears, bulging eyes, and large lips. All of which I would be doing as well if I was surrounded naked by leopards. 
Uh, to the side, either man is depicted holding a snake or a rattle while standing near a bull. So there's more. So people are cheering me on, apparently. Anyway, the figures engraved together to depict the narrative are the first known examples of such a holistic scene. Holistic. That's nice. Uh, this was a picture of the stories that formed the ideology of the people of that period. So, oh, look, it's much bigger than I thought. Look at that. <laughs> oh, God. I should probably just end this show. Um, anyway, it was a, the engraving was found on a bench thought to have been placed for special gatherings in a communal area during excavations at Saberk, I think it is pronounced, which is located beneath a modern village in San Herfa province in southwestern Turkey. I know, right? I'm innuendos everywhere. Yep. I could probably never be an archaeologist because I would be cracking jokes or it would be much more entertaining to be an archaeologist around me. Um, in the carving emphasis is placed on predatory and aggressive aspects of the animal world, researchers said, such as depicting dangerous features such as teeth and horns. I don't know if that's the dangerous. You think that's the dangerous feature? I'll scroll back up a little bit. It's so profoundly demarcated in this picture. Like it, it's the only thing that is in a deeper 3d, uh, relief, right? It could have just been etched the same way as the, the other person. Maybe it just didn't get done. Maybe it, the other person as well. Cause there are other people on the other side of the leopards. Maybe that relief didn't get cut back far enough. And, and so what we see is a half done work. Um, it certainly looks like that to me, like it just wasn't completed. Um, but this is pretty, pretty interesting. Anyway, what do you think? It constitutes the earliest known depiction of a narrative scene and reflects the complex relationship between humans, the natural world, and the animal life that surrounded them during the transition to a sedentary lifestyle. I don't know. Sitting around holding your junk is pretty sedentary today, too. This is the earliest known form of modern life. Ta-da. And that's where I'm going to end the show. So as much as I should probably not admit it right now, I am Merwat, and that is hometown.com. And you too would be able to see all of this news if you visit hometown and it will take you to all of the resources that I gather up into my news aggregator, which is hometown six categories, 50 channels, Z, you hung out with me again for most of the show. Thank you so much. I love it when you're here. Thanks for throwing in your comments. You are awesome. I will see you tonight as well. Okay, I'm out of here. Ciao, everybody. Have a good rest of your week. This is the weekend, but for some people, it's the week. Monday starts just a few hours from now. 
Stay awesome. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you.